Hello, loreheads, and welcome to The League, exploring the League of Legends lore from A to Z. My name is Rebecca. And I'm John. My name is Mark. And today we get to talk about the Steel Shadow Camille, who was released December 7th, 2016. I forgot what month 12 was for a second there. (laughs) (laughs) That's strange month. (laughs) (laughs) There's 12 of these? Yeah. (laughs) Man, that means she was probably the last champion released before we left L.A., I guess so. I felt like huh. we left before that. It was around that time. Hmm. No, no, we were in... Yeah, you're right. We were... It was around Christmas that we left, yeah. It's like your graduating class. <laughs> oh, that was your graduating uh. class. Actually, you were still working at Riot for a while after we moved, but yeah. Uh, mm. Yeah, Camille has on her page a bio and two short stories. One of them is called Tea with the Grey Lady, and the other is The Weakest Heart. And John has found some other things as well. Yeah, she also has her own uh, single-issue comic called Severed Ties. Yeah, I think that was how they they teased her, actually, or, or announced her was with this comic. Yeah, oh. and I think that may have been the first one that we had something like that specifically like an actual like comic if i'm remembering yeah i think so she's also mentioned in a few other people's bios but those were the only things that are kind of specific to her yeah she's uh the letter c in caitlin's right <laughs> maybe who knows oh, God. <laughs> best mystery in all of league <laughs> <laughs> or you're still bitter about that huh <laughs> yeah very <laughs> so i guess we'll start with the bio yes as good a place as any. Okay. So it's always a good starting place. <laughs> Camille is part of the clan Pharos. F- Pharos? Does that sound right? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, I think Pharos is right. All right. Uh, their family gained wealth through the Hex Crystals, kind of farming them. We talked a little bit about this in the Caitlin episode. It was uh, Camille's great aunt, I believe, who kind of discovered all this crap. And they don't seem to be aware that they're... Uh, full of souls i hope not anyway (laughs) they don't mention this this is a limited resource though so eventually they figured out a way to create synthetic hex crystals they're a little bit weaker but you know they can make as many as they want so seems a fair trade however manufacturing these seems to be contributing to the zon gray a lot of people think and the clan has to do some pretty seedy shit to keep making them so you know but you do what you got to do to make that green. <laughs> yeah. Or I guess those the cogs. Green, that blue. Built over. <laughs> is that what their currency is? Yeah, uh, I, you know, I didn't even yeah, think about yeah, that. Yeah, I remember. Hold on. It's, it's, they, they mention it a bunch in like the progress they story. Mm. I'm trying to remember what they are. It's golden. Gosh, what are they? Are they golden hexes oh. and silver cogs? And copper washers, God, I think. That's the most steampunk shit. Yeah. It's just it's just you know, it's just bronze, silver, yeah. gold, right? That's a funny edit. it's still just bronze, silver, gold, but they're like, oh, we'll make it you know, funky. <laughs> funky. <laughs> Paying here is fun. <laughs> it's quirky, it's a cog. Anyway, Camille, I haven't even talked about her yet. She's the eldest surviving child of the clan masters. She's pretty well educated. And eventually is named the Principal Intelligencer, which they don't really specify what that is. It seemed like, I don't know, the they, muscle? Like spy yeah. master. They do what's necessary to protect the family. Mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. And whatever falls yeah. under that massive umbrella, that's them. <laughs> okay, I like that, that definition. <laughs> I, read it, 
I read it as um as like a mix, like a very much a mix between spy master and like chief assassin. Mm, mm, kind of seems yeah, to be what it means. Okay, yeah, yeah. cleaner. <laughs> yeah. Normally, this position is left to a younger sibling, but her only young sibling, Stephen, is just describe him as having a weak constitution. He's just a sickly little boy, so he can't do it. It's funny, too, because until they talked about him more, when they said weak constitution, I assumed they just meant, like, he he can't kill people. He doesn't have the mm. stomach for it. But then they <laughs> actually describe him as, like, oh, no, 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 it's, like, a, like whole physically weak constitution. Oh, yeah. Mm. That would have been interesting. That would have been more interesting. Yeah, I agree, actually. Yeah. Oh, now I kind of want that story. And I was enjoying this, too. It's ruined forever. No. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Steven seems to be pretty jealous of the fact that Camille has taken this over and all the extra training she gets, but he keeps his mouth shut, thankfully. At the age of 25, Camille is attacked. So is her father. He ends up dying due to the injuries, and the uh, her mom quickly kind of follows. And Steven becomes the clan master and starts to double down on Hextech augmentations, trying to, like, make a name for himself as the clan master. He finds a man named Hakim who seems to be a promising young crystallographer and makes him the lead artificer for the clan. Camille wants augmentations and has to meet with Hakeem in order to do all the prep work on what she wants done. They end up falling in love during all this prep work, and Hakeem's a little worried that replacing Camille's heart with an augmented heart, which is apparently one of the things they're going to (laughs) do, he's worried that's going to take away her humanity, so he proposes to her, and Camille finds herself torn for the first time kind of between her family and what she has to do. Steven finds out about this proposal, so the next time they meet, he plans to have uh, someone attack him. So Camille sees her sickly little brother all beaten up and decides that she has to do what she's got to do for the family. Tells Hakeem to, I was going to say fuck off, but she was a little bit nicer than that. (laughs) Pump sum. (laughs) As the Zonites would say. She politely tells him no, she will not marry him, and demands that he still do the operation. operation. So Hakeem cuts out her heart and then immediately resigns because he doesn't want to do this shit anymore. (laughs) Over the years, Camille gets more done. It kind of describes her, you know, hookshot and her weird sword legs that I can't picture ever. And the story then mentions, like, a kind of vague betrayal that Stephen does and then says Camille just kind of, I don't know, doesn't... How did they phrase it? I think she just becomes aware of the old betrayal. So like, See, I thought it was that too, but then in the story, they mentioned that she had become aware of that years earlier and actually, th- like, was grateful. Yeah. I mean, I think it's pretty much what we see happen in, uh, in The Weakest Heart yeah. is that yeah. she kind of... Sees the depths oh, of right, 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 right. I guess that we would one. Say. Gotcha. It wasn't the whole like, <laughs> faking his injury thing. The story gets vague here. We'll talk a little bit more about uh, how shitty Steven is in another story. <laughs> but he betrays her, and Camille's like, okay, fuck off, and appoints her favorite grandniece as the clan master. Steve is mysteriously gone now, and she still continues to run the family's public affairs, do some shady operations. Oh, and she likes tea. They mention that too at the end. They mention that in just about all yeah. of her stories. Oh, in right? Fact, this bitch loves she tea. She loves her fucking tea. <laughs> she mentions it in the comic, too. And that's Camille. Nicely summarized. Thank you. That was like a... The, I feel like as a bio, it was the same length as everything else, but like a lot happened in it. Yeah. Yeah. And 
something that I noticed is that it seemed like the person who wrote this one did make an effort to actually start the bio with a hook. They paid attention to their first line. <laughs> it's true. That's true. Yeah. So how do we feel about it? I knew nothing about Camille, honestly. Um, so I found this fairly interesting, actually. And I, I I, think I would normally find the addition of, like, a romance kind of sometimes cheapens or weakens the story. But I actually enjoyed the addition of it here. I kind of felt it a little bit. I don't know. I'll be honest. Mark's like, fuck love. <laughs> I've, I've grappled with Camille since we started. <laughs> yeah. Since like reading through this this lore, I've read through all these pieces multiple times because I just don't know how I feel about Camille. I don't have a strong reaction one way or the other. I don't, and I don't know why. I'm 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 struggling. I'm I'm gasping for air trying to explain why it is that she doesn't quite resonate with mm. me. And I don't know. I don't know why. Is it about like her as a character or like the writing in the in her stories? <sighs> Well, I don't. I think it's her as a character because I don't. Yeah. I didn't mind most of the writing. The only I have one complaint writing wise with the the weakest heart, um, which we'll we can talk about when we talk about that. Um, but for the most part, I didn't mind any of it. There's this. I don't know. I think it, it's just. A, I think it's just me. That's that's all. I, I think it's just me. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what my problem is, and this is a okay. purely personal thing, is that she's a very cool character who I would like to root for, but she's fighting for the side of the bourgeoisie. Who mm-hmm. I can't root for. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I want to root against that. them, but I want to root for someone that has her position. <laughs> I don't even mind that. I think um, I don't know. I think some of the, like I said, I had a lot of trouble putting this to words as to what it is about her that that does not doesn't quite do it for me. I don't know because I do agree she's she's pretty cool, especially like in general design. She's very unique looking. She fits into Runeterra real well. I feel like she mm-hmm. she matches the Piltover aesthetic. Whereas sometimes champions, especially newer ones, I think can sometimes struggle with fitting league. Um, and I think she does a really good job of, you know, just slotting right in. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. And it's not nothing to do with the bio. The bio is very straightforward, you know, so I'm not, I'm not worried about the bio. Um, maybe we can explore it more as we hit the other pieces, but I'm just throwing that out there right now. I guess. <laughs> so do we want to do tea with the gray lady first or last? Oh, I, I, I can do it real quick, I suppose. I, I do have it. So, Tea with the Grey Lady. This is by Ariel Lawrence, who I think wrote pretty much all of the other things as well. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. Which is, is neat. It's always neat to see when there's a, a consistent writer between mm-hmm. pieces. And it feels very much like, okay, you're getting a, a nice consistency for a character. Um, so, I hope <laughs> we see that more as we continue. Uh, uh, this one I liked. I'll throw it out there as well. Um, yeah. So, it's told from the perspective of a, a Zon, I think. Zonite thug uh who we only get the name of mr turek um don't get a first name uh working for a kim baron uh of the name grime uh the kim barons have great names i will i will add grime. as well like grime <laughs> we'll hit another I feel like one they later. have like judge dread villain type yeah type. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a great that's a great comparison yeah. um i think this might be by the way that grime this grime guy might have been the kim baron from oriana's bio um, he's not mentioned by name in there anymore, but when I went searching for this name on the universe site, Oriana's bio was the only page that came up. So I feel like oh. maybe he might have shown up at some point. It's in the Petra. meta text somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, probably. Um, anyway, so it, it's from this guy's perspective, or not not Grimes, this Mr. Turek guy's perspective, and he has been captured and tied up, and he's with a, another thug or his bodyguard, a guy called Gordon Ansel. 
and they are being essentially interrogated by Camille, who is preparing tea in some sort of flop house or abandoned place in, in Zahn. And uh, Ansel gives some lip. Camille is trying to find out some information about a uh, uh, an explosion at the docks, some event that happened. So she's got these two to try and give them get information. Ansel gives lip and gets rip. Because <laughs> she cuts his fucking head off, which was pretty fucking cool. I must yeah, there say, there was a good line right afterwards too. I don't remember it though. But is it about? I don't, I don't know. There were a number of them. Like I know Ansel always makes a bad situation worse, or about how yeah, he always had a big mouth, like, um, but it's always <laughs> something like that. Yeah, he he never stopped talking, something like that, and his his mouth is perpe- perpetually open, but finally silent, something like that. Because his mouth yeah. is still open. Yeah, so our gone. POV, our narrator, is is near <laughs> near pissing himself. Um, he almost, I think he says that it made him want to piss himself or something like that. And oh, yeah, he wanted to like void his stomach or something. Some <laughs> shit. Uh, and Camille kind of, you know, comes down and is like, I'm, we're going to have tea and you're going to tell me everything that you know. And he, he acquiesces, we assume. Um, it's very short, very short. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But again, touching on that tea. I will say this is the first of two times that um, someone is surprised at her legs. Mm. Like, because in this one, he says that uh, he can, he says that she has unnaturally long legs, but it's not until the very end where she like steps out from behind the table that he sees like, oh shit, they're blades. And I don't know how you wouldn't, see that and there was another time in the the weakest heart where some dude tried to like stab her in the leg because Mm. he apparently didn't notice that her legs were blades like is she wearing pants all the time (laughs) and people just don't realize (laughs) that her legs are fucking blades i guess that's some good denim (laughs) (laughs) i'm just picturing camille with denim she'd have to get like jenko jeans to fit the (laughs) Please give me a Janko jeans Camille skin, like a nice '90s grunge <laughs> riot. <laughs> well, I guess my Camel romance. God damn! Come on. That now. was after Janko jeans. How dare you? <laughs> to be fair, in the weakest heart, he tries to stab her in like the upper thigh. I assume. Mm, yeah, so maybe, maybe he, he didn't realize. Yeah, that part he didn't think like, was Like, oh, shit, it goes all the way up. <laughs> all the way up. Those legs go all the way up. <laughs> yeah, how, how far up do you Legs think? for days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I, I said it before, I liked this one. It's a nice spot of violence. Um, effective at showcasing Camille as intimidating and uh, very quick to inflict violence on people. Nice brutal yeah. be- beheading, too. Which I like. Yeah, it was um, a really stark comparison to Caitlin who we just had and she was chasing someone kind of similar you know story that they both have but Caitlin you know takes people alive <laughs> Camille yeah. instantly decapitates them if they're given her lip yeah sounds like a character I would write as John would know <laughs> yes yeah, pretty it's pretty short I, I liked it it didn't really do much for me I feel like the flavor stories rarely do. Mm. Where I'm like, oh, that was kind of neato. It had some good lines, but I didn't feel like yeah. more connected with Camille. I guess she loves her tea, though. I learned she that. Does more. Fucking love tea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think yeah. it serves its purpose in in that it, like yeah. you said, it just gives you a 
a quick showcase of, of talent and mastery is, is kind of what I think they, they're best, <laughs> they best do. What they were trying to do with Caitlyn, but I think ultimately failed, <laughs> which we decided. Let's see, so next up, we'll do the short comic that she has called Severed Ties. Um, it's not one of the multi-issue ones like Ash, so it's pretty short. You can read it pretty quick. Basically, Camille has learned that there's a uh, a baron from Zahn called Baron Marco Volkage, who is trying to make a play at becoming, uh, having like more of a presence in Piltover, basically. He's like a pretty high-level thug in Zahn, and he's wooing, essentially, a uh, the head of Clan Arvino, Lady Sophia. So Lady Sophia... Her father recently passed away, and she inherited his fortune and the clan master title. But she has been basically, like, uh, hidden away her entire life. Her, her dad kind of kept her hidden away at the Blue Spire, which is the, the fancy place where all the rich folk are. <laughs> so she knows nothing of the world. She's just a naive person who is suddenly in a position of great power and wealth. Uh, so she falls for Baron Marco Volkage's, uh, you know, scheme. We're not sure if it's a scheme, actually. Camille's pretty sure it's a scheme. It ju- judges out there. But mm, yeah. uh, Camille knows that if this happens, the Baron will have a lot of power, and it will kind of cause an upheaval in Piltover. It, she mentions a lot of times that Piltover is a a very intricate and delicate machine and if one cog is in the wrong place then the whole machine falls apart and Baron Marco Volkage is that wrong cog Mm. so she takes it upon herself to take care of the issue she goes down to Zahn and basically attacks him and his entourage Uh, one thing especially to note here is that one of her or one of the Baron's henchman has a facial augmentation that makes it look like he has a giant metal handlebar mustache, <laughs> and I loved it. <laughs> uh, so the the thugs attack her. She deals with them pretty easily. And then as she's about to kill the Baron, uh, Sophia kind of jumps in front, of him, in front of him and is like, no, you can't. And she's like, oh, my God. I thought this was like a business proposal, but like, God, you actually love him? She's like, yeah, don't hurt him. So then she kills him. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, eh. And then is like, nah, you're, you'll be fine. He would have let you down anyway. <laughs> uh, now you've learned the most important lesson of Piltover. With great responsibility, come sacrifice. <laughs> Great power. So that was, yeah, that was. She leaves Lady Sophia alive to to kind of mourn, um, but yeah, that's that's that story. Does consider killing her. I I I did enjoy that that she considered killing her, and the reason she didn't is just because it would cu- would cause more more chaos in Piltover. So that that was yeah. the only reason that she didn't kill. A fairly young. How how old do we think Sophia is? By the way, because she looks teens for sure. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, maybe late teens. Yeah, if that. Camille's a bad bitch. I don't know. 
I like her. I, I'm kind of with you, John, that I really like Camille a lot. I'm not as interested in, like, her position, I guess. And mm. I'm fine with, like, a morally gray character, which I think she kind of falls into, bordering on evil, <laughs> uh, which can be really interesting. But her rich-ass family, uh, no. I'd like her to find a new purpose. Yeah. If she was this exact same character, but, like, fighting for the little guy, oh, fucking love that. Yeah, that'd be dope. Like a I mean, way cooler Batman. Mm. I, I, I'm I'm kind of fine with her being. I don't know this. I so I will say this. This comic was super cool to look at. There are great whole pages <laughs> with no text. I think this is probably my favorite comic we've read so far because the other ones can kind of fall into being like encyclopedias of text where everyone's kind of mm. talking about what's happening. In this one, there's a ton of silent moments where it just showcases some really neat action and what's happening. It's really cool looking. Um, this one, I feel like we start to waffle a bit, speaking of motivations, where in the bio, what we get is that she's all about her, her house, right? She's all about Clan Pharaohs, and that's her driving motivation. And in here, it starts to kind of lean into more, well, it's not just House Pharaohs, it's all of Piltover, whereas I feel mm. like those two things should sometimes come at, at odds with each other. Like sometimes ca- like chaos, order, it doesn't matter whatever is best for the clan, seems like what would line up more with what we got in the bio. If that makes sense. Yeah. Maybe she's just like very long or like she has good uh god what is the word I'm trying to think of here? Uh very good long-term vision. Like mm. she's always thinking like an unbalance within Piltover could cause the collapse of like everything that we hold dear in our clan. So like protecting this is necessary to protect, you know, it's the type of thing that our modern day politicians should also believe. (laughs) Uh, I think I would like a line like that then is what I would want is something to help tie this to what I assume is her kind of driving, like I said, driving motivation, which is, uh, you know, the house above all, right? Including herself. So Yeah. So when she has the thought, this could be bad for Piltover, it could be this could be bad for Piltover, which would be very bad for my house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Something like yeah. that, you know. I get um, you. Yeah, sometimes no, that makes chaos. Sense. She's very much like a mob boss, isn't she? Does anyone get that from Camille? Like, she's, yeah. Okay. That's it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, kind of with like the like bio, behind the scenes one. Yeah. I was going to say, mm-hmm. with it saying that where she's at now, she kind of runs the whole clan, but just in a sort of, uh, I want to say surreptitious way, I suppose. Um, like from behind the scenes, like you said. Mm-hmm. she's like one of those ones that has someone who's like the face of the mob yeah, and yeah, everyone's yeah. like that's the mob boss but really it's her <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I don't know it's it's interesting to think about her in that position because she also does a lot of I was going to say boots on the ground knives on the ground type work <laughs> <laughs> she does a lot of wet work whereas I feel like somebody who's really running stuff would probably de- you know, delegate a little but I don't know if you're the best, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if you got swords for legs under right. your Janko jeans, yeah. you know. What, um, do we think there was any, did we catch any sort of anti-Zonite, like, sentiment here? Because she, she talks about the idea of, of Volkage, you know, getting influence in Piltover. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She, cl- and, she clearly does not, <laughs> clearly yeah, does she, not respect anyone in Zon. Like I would, I would rather die than see a Zonite with any amount of influence built over. Yeah, she, I'm trying to remember what the exact wording she used was. She's like the idea of it is not obscene, but something of a similar connotation. It's uh, like just something that offends her sensibilities. Well, now to I the like core. her less. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah. 
I'm gonna see if I can. I don't know. I there were a couple of lines that one and um when she's talking about Volkage to Sophia and she says oh, they always disappoint you in the end. Is that a bit of like sour grapes? Is that kind of <laughs> y'all's reading of it? I don't know. Because Hakeem didn't disappoint yeah. her. He he seemed like a stand up guy. He he took her heart out and everything. Yeah. He did what she wanted. It was real cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he stood by his principles. He seemed like, like I say, he seemed like a stand-up fella from what we know. Men will always take your heart. <laughs> <laughs> she should have said that. Just mm-hmm. keeping up with the whole obtuse heart metaphor. That would have been fucking hilarious if she's constantly delivering relationship advice in terms of... <laughs> <laughs> Talking about T, I did like her line as well when she was talking about um, Volkage trying to force his way in. She says, you might as well pour a whole pot of tea into one cup, right? That's how he just, he doesn't fit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you try to force a way in, you have to displace one of the other cogs. You might as well pour a whole cup of tea or a whole pot yeah. of tea into a single cup. And for the record, the word she used is vulgar. The very yes, notion that... is vulgar and can't be tolerated. Yeah. Oh, that's a bummer. I don't know. I don't. I don't mind it. Um, I wish that that sentiment was more. Frankly, I wish if you're going to include things like that, it was more carried out across some of these other pieces because I feel like we don't mm. get a ton of that except here. Mm-hmm. Um, but it helps too that in this particular case, yeah, this guy was kind of garbage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. If I it was like a regular is... old Zonite who was trying to marry in, I'd probably feel worse. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's kind of a skis. I, I think that's that's true. When are we gonna get a Zonite champion? Because as of right now, it seems like Piltover is very shitty to Zon, and that Zon doesn't deserve it. But at the same time, whenever we see a Zonite, they're kind of a piece of crap. I mean, Blitzcrank's mm. a Zonite champion. I get, yeah, I get, I, but it's true. Uh, Echo probably is the next one. Yeah, yeah. Echo's probably Echo. our first Echo. one. Okay, Jinx, well, Echo's well, no. awesome, I was going right? to say Jinx, but I'm, I don't know the <laughs> alphabet. I'm not good at it. So. Uh, one thing that I liked about this one, too, and I don't know whether it was actually intentional or not, or whether it just kind of, whether the panel, the panel just focused this or not, but I like when one of the Baron's thugs started charging up what seemed to be kind of like a magical, like, Hextech blast. It focused on Camille's eyes, and they... I mean, they're always blue, but it focused very specifically on her her blue eyes there. And I kind of feel like it was a nod to her in-game kit, which they also do in the Awakened cinematic, where, like, her yeah. defenses change based on the type of damage she's taking. Mm. Yeah, I think they did a good job kind of carrying through some of that in um, The Weakest Heart as well. You can definitely tell there were a lot of... They that, really did. Yeah. Um, and I, I always appreciate that. Yeah, like that. they use her ult. Like. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you don't see the ult get yeah. used that often. <laughs> yeah, this one was pretty cool. I did like this one as well. But, yeah, the art's really neat. Do you have credits for... Uh, I The two that yeah. I saw are... And this is on the wiki, mind you, was Philip Vargas mm-hmm. and Ariel Lawrence. So I would guess uh, Mr. Vargas was our... Maybe one of our artists. The artist. I don't. Maybe I don't know. I would probably check it out. I know, like uh, he's a, Oh no, he's another writer. <laughs> oh okay. Well, maybe it's just it. the writer. So. It might be on the know. title page of it, honey. Oh, I didn't. I didn't see one. You oh, can there's no title page. page on this one. Okay, yeah. I think yeah. the other ones were a partnership with Marvel, with Marvel yeah. which oh, is okay. probably why they had the more technical cover page thing. This one was. It's true. Might have just been strictly in house. Mm. That's a shame. I, I really. 
wish they'd put it on the universe page. There's so much lore they're not tying to the universe page. Yeah. And I do wish they had put an artist because this comic is gorgeous. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And like it's said, so cool. My... And it's not even, yeah, it's not even linked through Riot's League of Legends website. It's, it's yeah. linked through their wiki, which isn't run by Riot. <laughs> I don't understand why they're leaving out so much work that they are putting into the champions. That's a good question, really. Especially something like this, you know. This yeah. thing is like, this would oh, sell somebody on comics. Camille more than anything. I agree, yeah. And yeah, beautiful comic. This is, like I said, it's my favorite one so far. And I think the the, the one that I've liked the most uh, aesthetically as well. Yeah, it's and it's now John's on the comics page of the universe, and it's not on there either. Yeah, there's oh specifically a section for one shots on the comic page, and it's not here. <laughs> oh no! You know, like Riot, why are you putting so much effort Riot, into please. making these? <laughs> please, please, Riot. But anyway, this does lead directly into her next short story, mm-hmm. uh, which Mark is going to take us through. It's a long yeah, one. By sh- I'm going to say, by short story, you mean, <laughs> you mean long story. <laughs> Buckle in, everyone. Buckle up, Homestuck. Uh, yeah, so this is The Weakest Heart. We've mentioned it a couple of times now. Uh, again, by Ariel Lawrence, um, who's done all the writing. And yeah, immediately follows Severed Ties, has Camille meeting with her brother Stephen discussing the aftermath of the actions in that comic. Uh, Camille has made a deal with Arvino's uh, intelligencer to kind of quell any sort of fall out, I guess. And he'll, I don't remember the, na- the guy's name, but he'll take care of Sophia. And at this point, we see that Steven is, is aged. He is, uh, I think, elderly. She mentions age spots going up his head. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's also wheelchair bound. So again, he's, he's very frail and, and very old. Um, and I guess we should, I don't know if we mentioned it before, but Camille is like, 80 80 something um at this point probably she's really she got a much longer lifespan than most people do yeah essentially hasn't even aged mm-hmm. yeah yeah all because of that that heart um so steven uh speaking of tea is having some tea as well i think it, it talks <laughs> about him you know has a slotted spoon and his his sugar etc um but as they're meeting he informs her of uh some plans and a they say chaplet a couple times, like prayer beads, essentially, that they found oh, on one you. of... Yeah, yeah. Um, I was like, is this a rosary? And eh, it's just, just prayer beads <laughs> of some kind uh, that they found on one of the Baron's men uh, in the aftermath of the comic. And the plans appear to be ones drawn up by Hakim, and they appear to be schematics for the same heart that Camille has, the thing that keeps her essentially, I don't know, near immortal or just really, really, really youthful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Iron Man in it up. Yep. Exactly. And uh Steven wants her Yeah. <laughs> and uh Steven wants her to go and uncover it um uh very explicitly with the goal to let's get the rest of the schematics and I'll get it and then you and I, sister, you know, we can lead Pharaohs and all of Valoran uh to the glorious, you know, future. Right. Um so she she does. She goes out searching, she finds she's being tailed by a blonde woman named uh Aviet, Aviet, something like that. There was actually, there was a quote in that scene that seemed very like almost out of character for Camille. Oh, interesting. When when the brother was like, oh, if we get these augmentations, like I can, you know, have an elongated life too. And I can, uh, we can rule together. 
And she specifically, I double checked too just to make sure it was an internal monologue, but she said out loud to her brother, perhaps it's time to let another one mm-hmm. take on the responsibility of the clan. Yeah. <laughs> Which seemed like something she may have always been thinking, but like wouldn't have said to her brother who was in charge of the clan, like to his face. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess, well, I guess when we talk about it when we get to the end, um, it seems like, like you said, it's probably something she's kind of, either subcon- maybe just subconsciously kind of felt and you know these things are starting to kind of come out of her as things go on but yeah i wonder too if um you know if for a long time he was really good for the clan and now she's finally feeling well he's not the best thing for the family now and as we know the family as a whole comes first not just an individual member of it i guess yeah now he's old and and clinging to something it's hard to t- it's a little hard to tell because the the things we've gotten about Steven in the other pieces have all been very negative. Um, <laughs> yes. So he just seems to be a detriment. But to be fair, Pharaoh's clan Pharaoh seems to have have definitely they've been going up and to the right. Um, yeah. So who knows, right? Uh, anyway, so as I mentioned, Camille's out and about. She sees that she's being tailed by a, a blonde woman named Aviette, and uh, Camille eventually confronts her. And it turns out Aviette has been hired on by Steven to. Uh, help her and uh, she delivers a note from him specifically that also it also I don't know if the note explicitly says that oh it's also to make sure that you do your job in case you, <laughs> that it, it is Hakeem in case you go ahead and catch the feels again yeah, yeah it's kind of what it, it sounded like it really did say that like to yeah make yeah, sure I, you're not gonna I don't know leave the family for him or something seems a little yeah, harsh Steven but whatever <laughs> yeah well you know I mean to be fair she does kind of she is insulted by it, which you rightly yeah. should be. Um, mm-hmm. Almost threatens, threatens to almost kill Aviat, but uh, Aviat kind of, you know, she doesn't. And uh, Aviat tags along as they continue doing this job. And the the prayer beads lead her to the first assemblage of the Glorious Evolved, which I think we mentioned. Did we mention them at all last episode a bit? Yeah, we we mentioned the Glorious Evolved a bit. Okay. So let's, the let's refresh lady. the audience's memory in case they forgot no. what yeah. the Glorious Evolved are. <laughs> No sure, one here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the audience. The audience. Uh, no, it's 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 pretty straightforward. Um, they are essentially they're kind of quasi followers of of Victor, or they've kind of been inspired by Victor um, mm. in this idea of uh, replacing flesh with metal, right? Getting away okay. rid of the weakness of flesh with um, the the strength of of metal. So they're con- so they they augment themselves, and it seems to be sometimes out of necessity, but maybe sometimes out of like their own volition does that sound right mm-hmm. like yeah. sacrifice and yeah yes yeah. and they have and a... these ones in particular i think like don't necessarily follow victor as much as they follow kind of the idea that victor put forward yeah. they actually follow mm-hmm. the gray lady yeah so I, i'm curious about the gray lady <laughs> we can talk about it for in a minute um so but but before we get there i guess she goes into the church she meets with their i guess priest their head chapel guy uh, a guy called Brother Xavier, um, and he informs her that the beads that she has were uh, belonging to a Shuriman Apprentica who had showed up a couple weeks earlier. Which might, I guess we didn't mention it before, but uh, Hakeem is Shuriman. So yeah. even even more you know, leading. And uh, as he steps off to go do his sermon or whatever, Camille encounters a young girl who has had one of her arms removed to combat the... It talks about the blight, which I've, I had not seen mention of before, and I tried to mm-hmm. f- search around. And I found one other mention of it. It's general, general disease, I guess, that you get from being in Zon. 
because it's shitty down there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's really dark. It's like a little girl, and Camille estimates she's not going to live another year, I think. Yeah, it's 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 kind of a, a mirroring of Camille herself, where it's, um, mm. you know, she's having to get rid of parts of her, and Camille kind of notes that whoever did the work on her, the physiker, I think was the phrase she used, uh, didn't do a very good job because he should have gotten rid of both arms instead of just one. Because uh, I guess, you, you know, the blight would still be spreading in the other. Um, kind of this whole idea of, you know, you need to cut out the, the sickness no matter the, the pain that it causes you, right? Do what has to be done. Uh, mm-hmm. But as she's had foreshadowing, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a very clear mirroring. But I, I like this interaction. Uh, so as she's having this, yeah, me too. This interaction, um, she sees that Aviat is being accosted by some some augmented thugs. So she steps out, and uh, they have a little action sequence where Aviat and Camille make really quick work of these five guys. No fucking <laughs> challenge whatsoever. Um, yeah, and they do make a point of mentioning that the little girl is watching them from inside the church, yeah. which is likely the reason that these people actually survive the encounter <laughs> instead of just being murdered. That's a fair point. That's a, that's a fair point, actually. Um, that, yeah, because otherwise Camille probably would have just turned them into goo. Um, and I guess before we go on, I, we should mention the gray lady because um, we mentioned it before, but it seems to be the, the patron saint of the glorious evolved. Yes, so it's the patron saint of the Glorious Evolved. They do refer to Camille as the Grey Lady in the story, mm-hmm. like tea with the Grey Lady. I have uh, so I've got a theory, mm. uh, and I don't know if there's already proof disproving this or not, but pff, whatever. So, <laughs> John's hot takes. I mean, my theory is that she is the Grey Lady, but she's also like so old at this point that the peak because my guess is if she's the gray lady and everybody knows she's the gray lady she wouldn't just be able to walk through like walk to the back of a congregation of people worshiping the gray lady (laughs) without them being like oh my god it's the gray lady (laughs) um but if enough time had passed like it's very easy to forget that like oh shit that's that's you isn't it like I'm, i'm kind of reminded of the newer star wars movies where um ray finds out that you know, there's a Jedi, and she's like, "What? No, Jedi are fake." Even though the Jedi had just saved the universe, like <laughs> not that long ago, but like it's yeah. very people forget things really quickly. Yeah, and if she's been know. alive for like generations, like it's entirely possible that she's the Gray Lady. She knows she's the Gray Lady, but they don't realize that she's the Gray Lady. Um, we can we can set but it was new Star Wars of... aside because oh. I don't like that personally. <laughs> <laughs> I think eighty years is one thing, but twenty years. <laughs> I mean, they saved the motherfucking galaxy, like you said. It's a bit much, but that's not what we're talking about. Uh, I but. guess it would also kind of depend on location, though. I mean, I don't want to get into a Star Wars argument, <laughs> but <laughs> if you're not in the middle of that, you know, war, and you're hearing about it from a distance, it might seem like a myth. I don't. It, it just and again for Camille, how often does she go down here? You know. <laughs> well, that's a good question. I, I think it's it's fun if she hasn't. In her bio, it says she likes taking long walks in the gray. So I feel like she does go down into Zon sometimes, which doesn't really line up with her having a really, you know, what's the word? Kind of, she looks down on Zonites, but she does seem to like to go down there, I guess. I'm not sure. And she must look enough like the gray lady 
I mean, the little girl just walked up to her and we're like, yeah. are you the gray lady? Yeah. Like, she must look enough like her that the little girl recognized her. Um, but noticeably, she does not respond to that question. Mm-hmm. She just yeah. continues the conversation with the girl as if she had not asked it. Yeah. yeah. And think of in terms of a child and an adult. Adult probably wouldn't think like, oh, the you know, this woman I worship has just wandered in front of me. But a child might think that, you know, so yeah. I think it fits. Yeah. So I'm on the she's the real gray lady train. <laughs> no, I think I think you I think you've actually got probably the right of it that like you said, you know she's 80 years old, so across multiple generations, um, easily something that could become more myth than, uh, you know, yeah. whatever it came from. Like anyway. wrong stories. <laughs> anyway, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, they they eventually track down where this apprentica is staying. Uh, they split up because I guess the handwriting and the ledger was like, oh, he's either on the third floor or the basement. So Camille will go take the third floor and uh, Aviat will go take the basement. Camille comes into the, the room and sees a, a young man with the same you know dark curls that Hakeem had and who looks very similar and she kind of calls out to him and ah, it's, it's not Hakeem. Uh, it is his nephew. Uh, who's? Do we ever get his actual name? So I actually liked this a lot. We do not. Yeah. She literally, because this story is through her perspective. Yeah. yeah. She literally only, she never asks his name. She only refers to him as two names throughout the story. One is Hakeem's nephew. And two is the young man who looked too much like Hakeem. <laughs> That's <laughs> it's the only way she ever refers to him. Yeah. 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 Uh, wakes him up, kind of surprises him, and sees that uh, amongst his schematics, there is a, a drawing of her that Hakeem had actually done, drawn, uh, maybe not from memory, but just kind of drawn incidentally while they were doing their their lab work together. Um, it's not <laughs> lewd. I don't know why I said it like that. No, no, no. Uh, it's actually kind of sweet. <laughs> she does say it's a nude photo. He didn't draw me like, like one, one of, of your Zong girls. <laughs> Hakeem's just hanging out, staring at this full-on, full-bush nude of Camille. No, no, no. It's, I was going to say, it's, it's quite it's quite sweet, because she says, you know, there's a, a portrait of me, a, a woman in love, right? You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so different cute. from It's very heartbreaking. Yeah. And, um, but amongst them is also a bunch of schematics, I think, about, for the heart, right? That's what the the rest of the stuff is there. And yeah, I think she, so. Yeah, she bur- so she burns them, which is interesting because <laughs> she was supposed to be getting them for Steven, but uh, decides instead to put an end to it. As she goes outside with the nephew, uh, she is jumped by those same five dudes from earlier and Aviette under direct orders from Steven. Uh, and they have been ordered to collect her crystals, I guess. Um, they say to make sure to keep the crystals intact. And they need the, the Apprentica uh, Nadiri or Hakeem's nephew. I don't know if he has the same last name. But that's it. Now, that being said, Camille kills them all. No fucking problem. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. They don't really do a great job yeah. of threatening her. I'm curious because <clears throat> we agreed that Camille only sacrificed or um, spared them before because a little girl was watching. So why did they make themselves known to Camille? Were they just that arrogant thinking that she wasn't going to beat them twice? So the what they said... Yeah, like, I, I don't know whether... I don't know whether they didn't realize or whether, yeah, I don't know how they knew that she wasn't going to kill him the first time around, but at least in the second encounter, they were just like, you know, thanks for showing us what you got. Now we've got like an accurate gauge of your power level, like all anime, like, 
Yeah, it was pretty funny. As if she had shown them everything. She hadn't even ulted in their yeah. first fight. <laughs> My ultimate ability. <laughs> but on top of that, they also they bind her arms as if like, oh yeah, that'll fucking stop she us. Sword legs. Because that's what she was using. Maybe they bunch. didn't see him. She was wearing her fucking Jenko jeans. That's true. <laughs> Oh, man. I wish I could uh, draw because we have talked about so many different Camilles that I would like to see. Janko Jean's Camille and Rose from Titanic Camille. We should commission him. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so she, let me, let's see. She wrecks him. Uh, she does kind of quasi, she kind of quasi threatens Hakeem's nephew. I don't know if she's very explicit with it, but. The general idea is, oh, you need to come audition for Clan Pharaohs tomorrow because this is like the day before Progress Day, um, mm. or I'll have to fucking kill you. You know, she doesn't say that outright, but that's like the implication, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like um, I hope he understood my implication because, man, I'd hate to have to kill him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I will. God. Yeah, uh, and then she returns to Stephen, having you know. Aviette just like by the way during that interaction had definitely just kind of been like oh yeah Steven definitely hired us and you mm-hmm. know told us to kill you so he definitely betrayed you just so you know, so you know <laughs> FYI um, she returns to Steven and they bicker a bit and she uh, oh this is also where we had learned that she had uncovered his earlier betrayal years back around when he had himself jumped mm-hmm. um, turns out that she had known about it and was actually kind of okay and relieved by it, I think is the word she used. That oh yeah. it helped it helped push me in the right direction, you know, the ends and the means. And uh <laughs> sensing that his his heart is very weak, you know, like the weakest heart perhaps, uh she just gives him a little <laughs> a little jolt of hextech energy and he and that's it. And Steven is is kaput. Yeah. I like how he was like as soon as she confronted him and like threw Aviette's whip down he was like all right I'm I'm super effed like yeah. I'm not getting out of this one alive so I'm gonna do what I can to fuck with her head before I go and yeah she, he brings up all sorts of shit like how he fit fa- how she failed the family how she failed their dad and let their dad die and you know I, I, I throws all sorts of things back in her face just trying to do as much damage as he can before <laughs> the inevitable death jolt comes <laughs> yeah i do like that line when she shows she shows him the whip and he kind of dodges around the, the 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 obvious question right she's like oh his legs haven't worked in a while but he's still a great dancer or something like that i'm paraphrasing i think mm, but yeah, uh yeah. Um, but yeah so that, that is the weakest heart yeah. that's about where it ends I also like that the whole time he was essentially just the the entire outburst she was very calmly just kind of in her own head just it seemed like viewing him as just like just like really pitying him like not taking mm-hmm. anything he said seriously just like oh poor mm-hmm. little thing <laughs> I'm going to have to put this one down aren't I <laughs> You know, it's interesting you say that because that lines up with um, going back to the uh, tea with the gray lady where the, the, the POV guy has that same sense when she's interacting with him after she's killed the other guy. It's like I he describes her as like a school teacher who's who's helping a student who's slow with their their arithmetic or yeah. it's like they're almost pitying, you know? Oh, God. Third skin I want. Oh, school Ooh, teacher yeah. Camille. Fuck yeah! <laughs> would, oh, would her legs be like the 
like the uh god not protractor what's the you know when you have to make circles and shit what's that thing called <laughs> like a like a like a compass no the, compass. Um, i think it is oh is it is? you put the pencil in yeah there, so. oh it's yeah. a compass oh compass camille <laughs> it's, been, it's been a while since i've yeah, taken math class same so, um, Mark, I'm curious what you didn't like about this story. I know you had some I, complaints about the writing, because I gotta say, I really liked this story. <laughs> so, writing-wise, my, my only actual complaint is really to do with the action sequences. Um, mm. And it's because we're dealing with someone who's got a very specific anatomy um, and interacts with violence um, in a very unique way with Camille's legs. And I thought there were a lot of instances during the the action sequences where I had like no idea how how she was moving how one leg was leading to the motion of the other leg and mm. i just feel like when a person moves you know there's a natural momentum kind of carried through and i would and i, I didn't kind of get that at all um the rest of the rest of the stuff around that i i didn't have any complaints with actually except except for maybe the the like i, I mentioned the word obtuse metaphor for like her her actual heart being replaced with a mechanical one and that kind of causing her to be emotionless that feels a little on the nose for me, um, but they've got to get these ideas across in a relatively short amount of time. So I, I, I will grant that one. Um, but I, I really would have would have liked something that talked more through the uh, the movements that she was making as she was going from one strike to the next. Um, something I, that really, yeah, yeah, especially because it was a first person, so we would be mm-hmm. getting her movements from her point of view and not just as an outsider. So that, that's the only thing. Like yeah, I said, I it's just it's just such a defining characteristic of her, of, you know, of her, right, and how she, you know, fights. Mm-hmm. That to have something that really clearly established, at least in my mind, how those two, how she's moving, um, you know, something like I would love it if they had really looked at like dancers at ice skaters also people with with knives on their feet and <laughs> you know just kind of looking at how when you're moving like i said that momentum when one leg swings the other leg has a, a momentum that carries through and kind of how they move from position to the next um mm-hmm. that was the main thing um honestly i was really in terms of it resonating with me i really wanted to talk with y'all about all of camille because i had such a hard time grappling with her i wanted to have someone talk to talk through it with and i think after <laughs> having gone through all this I'm liking her more. <laughs> I don't know. It's, Interesting. I just needed to like get it out. You know what I mean? Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's very possible that she just might not click with you super much, and there might not be a reason for it. Sometimes characters just don't really click with me, and it's not personal. You know. The entire <laughs> reason is that I just have a hard time imagining her walking around the city. I really do too. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I did like in, at the the early scene when she's in Steven's office. She mentions that her feet are carving up the the carpet or whatever or the rug that she's standing on. Like, yeah, they that would happen. That everywhere. Right? Like, what is <laughs> what does the castle floor look like at this point? Everyone's just tripping in the pothole she created. Can they get all like time? like like cork tops to like put on? <laughs> <Cork> the- <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that would help? But she's just walking on these little corks. I did at least like that they made a point of mentioning that before she got the augmentation, she was a huge fan of, like, the footed glaives to at least justify why she would want to do something like that. Mm. Fair. Interesting. Yeah, um, I I did like the story. It felt refreshing after the long story we had to read for Caitlin's. Do you remember that really bloated? Yeah, Yeah, Mm. of course. It was just last week. But (laughs) that story just felt 
too over bloated with information and not straightforward enough to me. And this one, I liked how the writing was very blunt. I like to write too, and uh, I tend to be a very straightforward writer. I just kind of really appreciate that. Still painting a picture in a way, but just just don't be like pretentious about it, you know. <laughs> and and I use a bunch of words I have to keep fucking looking up, you know. Close the thesaurus. Mm. Yeah, I liked um. So one one quote actually that I liked when Camille was talking to Hakeem's nephew was um, she had she actually asked like did he ever wed because you you mm. know that this was something that was weighing on her mind a yeah. lot mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and Hakeem's nephew said no he never wed in fact he said that to love your work was more than we could ask for in life which I kind of took to mean like he's probably talking about Camille because he kind of made her. (laughs) Yeah. I I will say I was a little disappointed. I actually think I would have preferred it if he had moved on. I think it would have been more impactful in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, It's its own level of heartbreaking that he, he never, you know, fell in love again, whatever. (laughs) To me, that's unrealistic. I'm going to be honest. It's been like 80 years. Steve, uh, not Steven, Steve is her brother. It's been 80 years to keep like move on. I, I, I think it would have been more impactful if after some time he had fallen in love again and moved on and Camille ended up, she's still in this same place, in this mm-hmm. same body with these same people and Hakeem had, had a whole family and a whole life without her. I, I think that would have been more impactful, personally. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. I, mean, uh, I have of... one complaint. No, go for it. Um, <laughs> so this happens a lot in fantasy. You'll see certain idioms or whatever that don't make sense. Uh, so while she's in the, like talking to that little girl, there's a lot of like, I, I, did people just leave body parts there? Is that what happened? There's like a yeah. sacrifice for the altar. And there's, there's a rat and she calls it a plague rat. She said there's a plague rat there. Mm-hmm. So did they also have a plague? Like the same plague that we did? I mean, Why would you call it a plague rat? Yeah. That's a fair point. I don't know. They do have a... They've got a blight of some kind. Um, yeah, but, like, specifically plagues... I mean, like, yeah. rats with fleas carried the plague. Yeah. And that's why like, we called them that. Call it like, a, <laughs> like a sump rat or something like that. Something yeah, like a sump rat would have been. A plague In fact, rat. I feel like yeah. they, they've, they've mentioned several types of rats through the past two <laughs> stories. I think, like... God, one of them was... Not a peer rat, but something like that was mentioned um, mm-hmm. in the, the, progress the progress day story. Um, and I do think sump rat is actually a phrase that someone has used, but that I think sense. that would have made way more sense. Here. Yeah, I think it was just an instance of like uh, the real world language slipping through accidentally, mm-hmm. but it stood out to me. <laughs> yeah. Like when no, people mention probably... like hell in certain fantasy stories and you're like, do you have hell here? Like you haven't mentioned hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a that's a good thing to note because it, it I didn't notice it when I read through it, but as you mention it, it's like yeah that that's a you know, <laughs> that doesn't make sense exactly. <laughs> I kind of wish, I guess, bouncing off of that, I do kind of wish the the glorious evolved uh, assemblage was a little less uh, you know so one to one with what you would associate like a, a general like a I guess I would just say you know Christian church. Right, I mean, she calls mm, it a church. Mm-hmm, yeah, they've got yeah, yeah. I immediately a, envisioned a, a Christian church when she started talking votives, about it. Mm-hmm. Stained glass, a rosary. The guy calls himself brother 
Zachariah or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Something a little more unique. Table. Yeah. No, I I agree. Um, it doesn't make sense. Is I, I don't think Jesus exists in Runeterra. I mean, but the great lady does. Yeah, they could have all these <laughs> trappings. Um, yeah, but it's just it's just a little. It would be. Wouldn't it be cooler if it was just a little more unique, right? Just something yeah. that was a little more. If it was in itself. a clock tower. Sure, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Sure. So. I was going to cover the cinematics AUs and just the brief appearance she had in Eve's lore. Unless anyone else had other stuff. I'm good. Uh, I, I do wish, because you had mentioned her being morally gray, and I do think that's definitely mm. the, something they're trying to do with her, which I mm-hmm. like, uh, an applaud for, for the, the attempts. Um, I, do, <laughs> I do wish, I don't mean that to say that they failed either. Um, it's nice to see them tackling that than something that's just so one or the other uh yeah i would like to see her do stuff that's a little well interact with people who are a little more morally gray having her deal with you know scheming skeezy kim barons and sonite <laughs> thugs and betraying you know brothers those are guys those are all pretty easy targets to like not feel bad about her killing but having her you know kill people or do things that are nefarious against maybe people who are more innocent but just obstacles to clan pharaohs would help mm-hmm. cement her as someone who's willing to put, like, do anything for the clan, regardless of the morality of yeah. it, right? Yeah, they kind of mention that it's a possibility that's something that she's doing, but we don't see it in detail. I'm mm-hmm. curious if they're wanting to leave her open for a kind of more of a redemption or leaning more towards good. Because if you have, like, a Maybe. graphic story of her, like, murdering an innocent teenager, like they did avoid in the comic, you'd have a hard time justifying her taking a different side later. I don't know if Riot ever does that with their characters, like really pushes their story that far forward. We haven't really seen that yet, but... Yeah. So, Camille does make a brief appearance in one of Evelyn's short stories called The Shadows Beckon. Um, In this one, you know, some rich dude hired Evelyn to assassinate someone and just wants to make sure that she's worth the money. So he's kind of going over like, hey, you're responsible for uh, for that murder in that area, right? And she's like, yeah, yeah, that was me. And he's like, hey, and you also did, um, you know, you mentioned or you killed that uh, that clan, like that guy in that Piltover clan, didn't you? And then she gets very irritated and was like, no, that was not me. That was the gray lady. <laughs> and And that's kind of all she's mentioned, but it brought some questions to me as to like, does does Evelyn have kind of like a rivalry with with Camille? Like, is she infringing in on her assassination business? It would kind of. And how good case. is Camille at staying in the shadows? If Evelyn also knows who the people she murdered, he's <laughs> like, oh yeah, that's that's a gray lady murder right there. <laughs> Classic gray lady murder, especially. <laughs> Especially given that it's also established in the story that she does not spend a lot of time here in Piltover. It's not like she's a Piltover assassin. She goes all over the fucking place. And they, I think they specifically say it had been a while since she'd even been back here. And mm-hmm. she still knows that that was a gray lady kill. <laughs> well, <laughs> well I know. mean, she's got sword for legs. She's got yeah. a, a mark, you know. Uh, <laughs> we, we saw this. We found this dude with no head. And the floor was just scuffed up right fucking everywhere. <laughs> She's not being sneaky. 
Jesus Christ. Do you think Camille thinks she's being really like sneaky <laughs> and not leaving any evidence behind? And there's just all these scratches and <laughs> corks. Oh, get man. cork for your yeah. feet, Camille. I love the cork idea now. <laughs> well, you know, you're reading the trades. You're keeping up with the industry. You know, you got to know what's happening. <laughs> No. So, the cinematics. She is featured in two of them, and then, once again, is a very passing and small reference in Giants. So, we'll start with Awaken, where she actually plays the most direct part that is actually lore-related. This story... And we did talk about this a little bit. A little bit, yeah, because it um, it was mentioned in the Zed comics so we talked about it when we went over Kali but <laughs> the this cinematic takes place with Camille's essentially hunting down Jin. I don't know if we ever get the reason why I'm sure there's some backstory there that I forgot to look up um, but I think oh, Mark looks like I, he knows it I, I think I, I went back and looked at this as, at the uh, the comic and I think they mentioned that there were weapons being shipped out to Ionia from a bunch of merchant clans, and those were all the ones that had been getting hit by Jin. Um, mm, and Pharaohs okay. was the only one that hadn't closed up shop. Nice. So. Okay, that makes sense. So Camille got sent to stop Jin, who was uh, interfering with all of the weapon shipments that I'm sure they relied on for, you know, their mass riches. Uh, so in the cinematic, we see them kind of busting down the door. And Jin is just kind of just playing piano, just doing his Jin thing. Doing his Cohen thing. Yeah, yeah it's very, <laughs> very Cohen from Bioshock. <laughs> and uh, Camille has showed up kind of with other troopers as well. And as they are, they have their guns drawn, they're walking down the aisles of this theater where Jin is on the stage. Uh, they start triggering some of his lotus blossom traps that are scattered all over the theater. And this this was the thing I mentioned before, which is kind of neat, where you see Camille's eyes change color from from red to blue as you know the the people under her are uh, being hit by the lotus blossoms, which are in game magic damage. <laughs> Wait, aren't they? Um, aren't they physical? Are they magic or are they physical? I don't. I, don't I think actually. they're the one magic scaling thing. Ab let's run it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um. Yeah, I know they used to scale even harder, and I think AP Jin was a thing on like a RAM for a little while. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you know she uses her awesome hip zip lines to go up to the ceiling. Jin shooting, and then she dives down on him, and the the cinematic kind of ends in a freeze, like a very very cool freeze frame, which you should make as your like desktop <laughs> background if you haven't yet. Uh, but it ends on a freeze frame that definitely looks like Camille's for sure going to cut Jin's head off in about two seconds. Uh, we know that that doesn't happen <laughs> because Jin is still alive in the uh, you know when Akali's investigating the aftermath of this entire event in the Zed comic. Jin is still alive and watching her investigate, and we also see a trap door on the stage, which, <laughs> upon looking at it, opens up and not down, so it's even more impressive that he somehow found a way to sneak out of that trap door <laughs> before getting decapitated, <laughs> but he found a way to make it work. 
And she cut the piano in half. So, it's very know. impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Must have still been a very, you know, disappointing trip back to the clan. Like, ah, no, I didn't get him. <laughs> <laughs> well, who's she going to answer to? Who's going to, you know, who's going to give her, her shit about that? <laughs> She's her own boss, man. That's true. <laughs> Living the dream. That's true, huh? Make your own. Uh, she's also in the. Uh, she's in the. You really got me one that we mentioned from Blitzcrank. Uh, she's actually fighting Blitzcrank uh, and Timo in the cinematic, and is thwarted by the two of them. <laughs> Blitzcrank goes ahead and throws her straight into a field of Timo mushrooms. It does not end well for her. Ah. <laughs> And the last thing is if you if you pause the giant cinematic pretty early on and watch on a very high resolution. <laughs> oh man, another one of you these. Can see, you can see the clan Pharaoh sigil in uh, on one of the kind of skyscrapers in the background, and it does specifically say on it uh, Pharaoh Security. So they have their own security. Uh, firm in this giant's universe. <laughs> Interesting. Did you spot that with the the Pharaoh's text or the the sigil? Because those sigils are hard to spot out. I would it think. was it was the text. I would not have recognized the yeah. sigil. So that's like a bunch of squares. Yeah, and I've I feel like I've seen like three or four different versions of it, which are all like roughly the same design, but not exactly the same design. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of artistic license with those sigils. <laughs> Now, in terms of AU, she's part of two of them. She is part of the Project Program AU. Uh, in fact, she is the she is kind of the binding person that connects the two universes together. Um, so she was essentially kind of the first program that was corrupted by Lis- uh, Program Lissandra um, in order to. Uh, weaponize her so that she could quell the genetic rebellion. So she's a robotic assassin who essentially will just kill any human who's trying to use unauthorized technology. Huh. And she takes orders directly from uh, Lissandra. Oh, shit. She wouldn't. <laughs> well, she's a program, so she does. <laughs> she's just code. My Camille would never. <laughs> Not my Camille. My Jago jeans wearing Camille would never. <laughs> uh, an interesting thing about this universe in particular is that it is heavily hinted that Camille is the one who murdered uh, Senna in this universe. Oh. She has a quote to program Lucian in here that just said she was an easy target. <laughs> Huh. Harsh. Hmm. Well, I love Senna, so now I really don't like. I like that Senna's dead in like multiple eight, like like not just one. Is she dead in High Noon too? No, right? Because she's got her. Right, they got a refrigerator. Everything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she's alive. Well, actually, I don't know who's alive in High Noon since like the dead are kind of roaming the world. (laughs) Yeah, that's a could all be dead for all I know. Dead and robots. (laughs) Uh, So the other AU she's a part of is the Coven one. Uh, so just as a bit of background lore for this, uh, long ago, an order of uh, monastic knights slew the vile gods of the old world using esoteric powers granted by the moon and sun. Now the world has grown dark and violent as those selfsame deities prepare their return, challenged only by the light of the eclipse. 
Uh, so essentially, in this AU, Morgana was the queen of a coven uh, that worshipped the old gods, and Kale uh, betrayed the old gods, and it's never actually, I don't think it's specified whether Kale was part of the coven or not, um, but she she was Morgana's sister here, so uh, betrayed the old gods and her sister by slaying the primordial sun and giving its power to the Eclipse Knights. Um, so now Morgana has returned to end the reign of mankind and return the world's true lords to their rightful thrones. Uh, now, there are several members of the coven, and Camille is one of them, and each of the old gods speaks to kind of a single member of the coven. So uh, the coven Camille is spoken to by Ebony Ram, the old god Ebony Ram. Um, and it said that they came to Camille as if in some dark slumber, whispers of the ebony ram and the nameless things tumbling up from long-forgotten sepulchres, her throat full of hearsay. She cuts down the vestiges of the new world, seeding the earth with the magics and witchery of her ancient grinning masters. <laughs> so that's Coven. <laughs> I wonder if she'll get a Coven skin. I think she has one. Camille? Yeah. What? I never play. I've literally never played Camille in my life. So say, I don't know that, what skin she has. Is I that not she why we're no talking skin. about it right she's, now? She's got two skins: Coven and Program. Oh, okay. Well, I th- I know sometimes people are part of a lore and they don't necessarily have a skin. In I that guess that's lore. yeah. Especially yeah. if like they were on like PBE but never got released. Mm-hmm. That's true. I didn't know any about that that stuff about. Coven. Ah! I think that's the first Coven one we've done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna take that excited squeal to mean oh, she does like have it. a Coven skin. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it's so good. I like never see this either. I don't play against yeah. Camille very often either, so Yeah, we don't play her. She doesn't get played a bunch in the games that we play, I think. No, none of us want to play Camille. I played her a bit. She's fun. Yeah. So the last thing, and, and we can all kind of all talk about this, isn't this isn't a me specific thing, but her <laughs> quotes. Oh yeah. If anyone looked at them. I, I she has yeah. Holy fuck. Oh so God, many quotes. Yeah. All the newer champions. I mean, she's still kind of old, but newer compared to a lot of others. So many quotes. Yeah. And there's some, some interesting stuff there. Some, some fun interactions that I liked. The one that sticks out to me is the Vi quote. Because that, I mean, it, it seems to hint that Camille has some knowledge about what happened to Vi's parents. If not a direct hand in their <laughs> right. not being parents Intimate anymore. knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> So the quote there, for the record, is, Ever wonder how you became an orphan? Which she says when she taunts Vi. Yeah. Oh. Let's... I have, a, I have a, like, a, a an app that has the... Ever wonder how you became an orphan? Oh, God, her voice is so sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Am I just attracted to, to Camille? Is I, feel that like, I feel like <laughs> everything I've seen... Is <laughs> that the only reason I like her? She has two. Mm. It's like looking into a crude, boorish mirror. Oh, harsh. Yeah, she's she is harsh. I will say, if I just choose between Camille and Vi, Vi, come on. Uh, and she had some interesting ones for Caitlin. One was though I think the one we had talked about last week, which was don't go looking for something you don't want to find. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was another one which I just found this week. <laughs> And this is specifically, I think, when you're attacking Caitlyn, not when you taunt her. Oh. Uh, and it is less hat, more pants. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> Camille, you left your Jayco jeans at home. You don't even wear them. 
Uh, but I know that you were talking about how frustrated you were that as someone running around the city, she was in that She's short in skirt all the tiny time. Skirt, yeah. Apparently, it bothers Camille too. Oh, Camille's wise. Jeans for everybody. Janko jeans for Caitlin. I'm really hung up on Janko jeans. Yeah, I'm the really sorry. I, don't know what it is. I thought it just because it would fit her blade legs and not yeah, cut them up. That's true. Yeah. Or those like a uh, goth pants at Hot Topic back in the early aughts. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> the other quotes I like, and they're not, I don't like them for any like particular lore type reasons. I just found them interesting. Uh, I liked your quote to Gangplank. It would have been better for you to stay dead. It was a, it was a nice, uh, nice nod to that, that lore event that we got so much shit about in player support. Oh, I don't know that. Story. Oh, it's when they killed off Gangplank mm. and then pretended like he was like dead dead, so they removed him from people's profiles. What? Yeah. Why? Which we had a lot of conversations. Like the lore team was very like, no, this is important that it happens for the sake of the lore. It has to happen. And we were like, you have no idea how many tickets we're going to get about this. <laughs> Nobody's going to like it. They're going to be super pissed off. And they're like, no, 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 no. Trust us. <laughs> We did we did talk them down because I think they were originally going to do it for a way longer period of time, and we talked them down to a shorter period of time. Uh, but yeah, lo and behold, we got a shit ton of tickets about it. I don't think they would do something like that now. Could you imagine like you're playing ranked and you're like a one trick and your fucking one champion is just gone from the game out of nowhere? Was he was he still enabled in ranked? I know, I'm, I'm, I do remember this happening, but I don't remember the fineries of it. I don't remember if oh, maybe they still okay. let him. Either way, it's still a night. terrible idea. Mm. I forget. I like the gumption. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the know. arrogance that you think people care that much about the lore that you should remove a champion from the game. Yeah. I just like just reading that quote just brought brought back such vivid memories <laughs> of <laughs> the angry ticket she got. Uh, the other one that I thought was fun was just towards Rise, and it just says, "Scissors beats paper." Mm. <laughs> also, she has one quote, and it's not towards anyone. It's just a general quote that she just says that says, "Purity of form, purity of function. D- those legs cannot be purity of function. There are more <laughs> functions than for killing. You gotta walk around with those, and that can't be the best way." <laughs> That's a fair point. There was one of hers. I wish I can't remember what it, the exact details of it. Um, it's, I remember what it says, like priv- it's like privilege must be preserved at all costs or something like that. Some, I can't remember what the hell oh, it is God. that she says. Yeah, I, I, that it might have been exactly that. In fact, oh, she's so much less sexy now. <laughs> I wish I could remember. What I the guess hell at least is. she acknowledges her privilege. <laughs> what the hell is it? Oh, Low well, bar. <laughs> Low bar. I don't remember what it did. Oh, yeah, it was exactly that. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Wow, that really highlights, like, who she is and where she's from, huh? Mm. Yeah. My bad. (laughs) I had a glass of wine. Hang on. Just one. That's all it takes. (laughs) Two. Can you... uh, Oh, go ahead. Does the sound of my mouse wheel scrolling show up on the audio? Yes. Okay. I'm going to start at the top of this quotes page, and I'm going to mouse wheel, scroll down. (laughs) John, I see how tiny the little scroll bar is.
Those were pretty big scrolls, too, for the record. <laughs> but that's how long it took me to get through her, her, her quotes. Yeah, that voice actor got a lot of work. Yeah. All right. Uh, any other final thoughts on Camille? Because this has run a little bit long. Which uh, is fine. Yes, I we do. I, talk about. There was one idea that I had forgotten about, but um, I thought about mm. her compared to Aphelios in terms of making sacrifices for a, a thing. And I this helped was one of the, mm. the things about Camille that I didn't quite like is there's a lot of idea of her sacrificing for her family. Um, that's not to say that she hasn't, but it seems to me that a lot of what she's gotten has been very beneficial. You know, extended lifespan, cool legs, awesome eye vision, yeah. etc. And comparing to Aphelios, someone who, you know, when he sacrifices, he it's just debil- debilitating pain and potentially having to kill yeah. when he very clearly doesn't want to. Um, and I'm pretty sure he sleeps in, like, the woods. And he, and he sleeps in the woods, <laughs> and he's kind of a hobo. <laughs> so I think... Like, pain so I agree. much. Yeah. Pain so severe, it, he can't speak. Can't speak. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, no, I'm with you. I'm with you, Mark. I had trouble with that because I'm like, first of all, I think they could have made a relationship work, her and Akeem. I know he was worried about, like, her losing her humanity, but he didn't stick around long enough to even find out. I don't think she did lose her humanity. She's still a human being in a lot of ways. So, I don't know. Like, she didn't have to sacrifice that, y'all. I, shut up. <laughs> it's because humanity comes from brain. We have actual <laughs> humans who brain. don't have hearts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's true. I agree. So, but yeah, again, a- eternal life. There's not a lot I wouldn't sacrifice for eternal life. Are you fucking serious? <laughs> especially, That's not a sacrifice. Especially in a case like hers. Because like, I could see where some people are like, oh, eternal life is so lonely. I can never die. But like, she has that kind of eternal life where like at any point you're like, no, I'm done. You just yeah. fuck that shit out of your chest and yeah. you're good. And <laughs> she's constantly surrounded by family. Yeah. Literally. Yeah, that was that was one yeah, thing. I, I remember I, thinking I'm that with earlier. You. Yeah. Yeah. But that's it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to to harp on Camille too much because I, I have come out liking her after this conversation, I will say. <laughs> oh, yay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do find her interesting. I hope we get more, I guess. I would like to see her outside of just her family in a way, I guess. Yeah. Honestly, like... It's, I mean, I don't know for sure, obviously, but it's likely we'll see some in mm. the arcane because it seems like she's got a deep connection to a lot of the main characters of yeah. that. So hopefully, I mean, it seems like she would have been around. Also, uh, one other thing, I, the thing I was going to say earlier, um, I think what we, the reason we see some waffling between her being really dedicated to the clan and dedicated to like Piltover as a whole is um, I saw that one of the monikers she had in development was the the left hand of Piltover. And I wonder if there was some some of that development DNA still in some of this lore where it seems like maybe the intention was to create a like a dark mirror of, of Caitlyn, where Caitlyn operates in the law and, you know, above board, and Camille kind of works towards a, sh- a mostly shared goal of keeping Piltover, you know, running and smooth, but, you know, in her dark clandestine, assassiny ways and i wonder if maybe that's why we see some of that you know sometimes it's just clan pharaohs and sometimes it's pilt over as this great machine right yeah i don't know Yeah, i can see that it is i'm so glad that we got camille right after caitlin i i know that wasn't planned but it yeah that worked out super well for sure you seeing the differences also she has that she has another quote towards caitlin that was very like (laughs) the law protects when it is protected. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was an Did interesting Daddy one. Did Daddy buy you that gun? 
Damn, Camille. Well, Daddy bought you those legs. Well, I don't know. Maybe she bought them herself. Who knows? <laughs> She's a self-made woman, Badum Ching. Eh, not really. That's one of her other her other quotes. Is <laughs> about what something about there about self-made women. I don't remember the exact quote. Yeah, there was a quote there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I didn't Is, know. Ah, uh, oh, God, was it? I think it's just like there needs to be more Oriana or some shit yeah, like Ori, that. Yeah. Someone oh, yeah. like that. She's like, we need more prominence of self-made women. <laughs> I'm looking at some of the quotes though. Her one to Ezreal is, shush now, leave the talking to the adults. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> this is my ultimate ability. <laughs> that was my Ezreal impression. Was it good? I was going to say, it was the voice actor here. <laughs> <laughs> Special guest. <laughs> anyway, I think that's Camille. I think we're done. Thank you so much for listening. If you could leave a review or rate wherever you listen to your podcast, if they allow you that option, that would be super helpful for us. And join us next week when we will be talking about The Serpent's Embrace, Cassiopeia. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping we would do that. <laughs>